Well, I never, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I never did. You're never handy did. on the old stripper pole, though, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Not as a minute, I can't even lift myself on it. But you have all, uh, yeah. you've all their skills, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> this should be on the podcast. Yeah, Welcome to the Vet Space Ireland podcast. I'm Michelle McGuire. And I'm Hazel Mullins. Our aim at Vet Space Ireland is to entertain, inform, engage, and inspire. This week, we are joined by a special guest, Catherine Beresford, an extraordinary mixed vet from Waterford. And we had a ball, and I hope you enjoy listening. Okay. Oh, ro- roll it there, Roisin. Roll it, Roisin. <laughs> Hi Catherine, how are you? Good, nice to see you girls. Good. Keeping. Great. to the Vet Space podcast. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us today. No problem. We are very excited to have a, um, well I'm very excited to have a fellow female large animal mixed vet um, on, on the podcast because I feel like we've got a lot in common and we we talk a lot on Instagram and I, I was just saying to you that I'm actually was quite nervous coming on because this is the first time that I've seen you and I feel like we've become such good friends, um, but actually never seen each other or met each other. Um, so it's this whole Instagram world is, is so strange, but like you do make connections with, with you know, other vets and, and, and like we talk about shopping, we talk about the joys of on call, we talk about everything. Um, and I know we tried to meet each other in Waterford uh, last year and it didn't work out. But um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of nerve wracking. It's like a first date, as you said. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's great to see you. And I know Michelle from her, her Decker days as well. The previous life. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all friends just, here. Let's just start at the beginning for um, people that don't know you and just maybe tell us about yourself. So I guess to start from the beginning, like where you're from, um, why you got into veterinary and kind of what, <clears throat> I know Hazel mentioned that you're a large animal vet, but maybe if you can explain to people like, is it all large you do or just tell us a bit about what you do and, and how you got there. So I'm sunny southeast. I'm from Waterford, so we're all very excited at the moment. Mm-hmm. All our final Woo! on the way. Um, so yeah, we well, I suppose I started. Um, I did science in UCC in college, um, and then from there I went on and I studied veterinary in Budapest. So um, yeah, that was yeah, that was a. a, a interesting road um and then moved back home and um i did mixed practice up in the midlands for about three years um it was quite a large practice there was a lot of small animal involved um good bit of suckler work as well up there and then i moved home about two years ago then back down to waterford so um my kind of main role down here is i suppose 80% 80% of the time I'm large animal and then I'm small animal the rest of it. So summertime, my role changes then to nearly all small animal because obviously the dairy side is quiet. Um, yeah, and and that's, yeah, so it's it's um, it's fairly full on down here in spring. Like there's, there's a lot of dairy, um, but it's great. I love it. It's great fun. Um, and yeah, it just keeps you on your toes. And do you have a testing at all much? Because I know you said you're kind of quiet in the spring with the dairy, but 
Asa doesn't flat out their intestine all the time in the summer. Um, so yeah, with us, there's there's three, I suppose we're a small practice. Um, there's three large animal vets, including myself, and one of the vets does the majority of the testing. Okay. Um, so at the moment we're all we all do a bit, but he does it majority of the time, so he keeps it ticking over during springtime. Um, and it leaves two other vets free to do calls this time of year, then we might, two of us might be out testing. So yeah, it's, it kind of swaps and changes around a bit and just depending on what suits with holidays and stuff like that as well. Um, so yeah, I do, I do a bit of testing. I used to do a lot more of it. Um, I kind of miss my days out testing. I know Hazel will probably be thinking, <laughs> what are you missing? You can come but, with um, me any yeah, day, good because you get <laughs> but you get to build up a relationship with the farmer and it's not like you know you're not going there for an absolute emergency you know you're going there you're you're doing a job yeah Mm. but you kind of get to chat to them and how are things with them and you know how's it all going even personal stuff that you people tell you things I think in veterinary if it's in a consult room or on a farm that you never thought to come out, you know, um, people yeah. just open up to you for some reason. So, <laughs> but um, it is nice and you can kind of get, you know, you can see how things are working in the not busy times of year on the yard and see where kind of maybe changes could be made and stuff as well. So testing really is, you know, while it does have its, have its own purpose, like, um, it is a, t- a chance for you to kind of get involved with farmers and build up a relationship as well. Yeah, because I, I 100% agree with that. And I, you know, as I try to promote on my Instagram and stuff that like it's, 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 it's about the opportunities you make from yeah. the TB test and the relationships you form, the problems you find. Like, you know, I, I don't know, Catherine, you probably, like I, you know, might do a surgery on day two that I've seen on day one and maybe the farmer was like oh I didn't know that was you know something serious like a maybe like a, a, um, a squamous cell carcinoma in the eye or something like that or you, you could say oh and this, this day two like a lot of the time there is something else to do and I think you know you were saying that that farmers open up you know to vets and I think that's maybe you know a uh, attribute of yourself as well like that you're you're very warm and you, you, you care. And, and I think that's, that's something that farmers can probably read about you and, 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 you know, love to have you on the farm as well. And, uh, they don't, they don't meet a lot of people, especially now at the moment. So I think, um, <clears throat> having us on farm is, is, is nice for them as well. And, and to have a chat. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, um, there was a time there and I, I don't know, I presume you were still flat out during spring when COVID hit and, yeah nothing really changed i know that people may think that that sounds irresponsible yeah we're taking precautions but Mm. you know life went on and the large animal vet especially while we kind of closed the doors in the small animal side for a while and we're working quite remotely um the large animal side was still as busy as ever and you just got on with it and you know i suppose you know, when people, you stop in the street and you're chatting to someone or whatever, and they say, oh, how, how was lockdown for you? And you're kind of going, well, we didn't have any, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then people were, you know, it really was, they really weren't seeing anyone at that point. Hmm. Um, and even just to ease their mind, because, you know, some of the older farmers, 
they would have been quite concerned and worried because it really with the media and everything it was quite scary for a while so I suppose it is nice to see someone that that you know you know coming coming in and having a chat and you know kind of reassuring them I suppose. Do you have that slight jealousy that I had of people walking <laughs> the roads in the middle of the day? <laughs> the baking now was yeah the baking was a uh... <laughs> Sitting at home and watching box sets and baking. Yeah, that, was that would have been nice, wouldn't it? Lockdown. I was yeah, the total opposite the first time because I was working from home and I lived by myself. And I was literally like standing at the, the window looking out. And you can just imagine Simon and Garfunkel, hello darkness, my old friend, <laughs> playing. <laughs> I was like, when will I ever see somebody again? <laughs> like, it was oh. so grim. But this we, time we used to talk I was about twice a day. Yeah. Yeah. We used to talk about twice a day, didn't we, Michelle? Like, yeah. you know. And then it's like, I'm um, just going to a cow down now, and then I have to do this, and I'm like, I'm still in my stretchy pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Since you rang me this morning, and I don't intend on getting changed all day because I don't go. <laughs> I did adapt to more of a of a of a active leisure wear though going to work because I I was like I am going to try and do some parts of this lockdown whilst out being my normal self <laughs> so <laughs> but uh, yeah and you love your baking don't you Catherine like I see you put up on Instagram there sometimes your 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 baking attributes um yeah I'm only kind of got getting back into it now I kind of would have I would have done a bit my sister is fantastic and my cousin so mm. but um yeah just kind of my Sunday ritual now if I'm or my Saturday ritual if I'm off work um so yeah I just get into a habit of it but the problem is then you end up having to eat it all so <laughs> it is a bit yeah. of catch 22 you know yeah <laughs> but sure oh. you just go out and pound the pavements and it'll be fine <laughs> in an ideal world oh so would you say that baking like what else would you do to kind of de-stress and and kind of take your mind off you know work and veterinary and and all that yeah, I suppose like um, I go, I walk a lot. We're out of the house most of the time. Like, so um, we're just down by the coast here. So we've got gorgeous walks and things. So um, yeah, I go down the beach nearly every day and do a small bit of sea swimming and things like that. Um, Fab. And yeah, just, and I'm generally an old granny at heart. So like knitting and things like that. I'm just addicted to stuff like that. So um but yeah it's just just kind of I was always outdoors like you know even as a child like I was never at home my mother probably wondered where I was most of the time but um I was either out on ponies or gone off somewhere with an uncle somewhere do you know just mm. I was always out and about so um and were you raised really on a farm here. Catherine or how did um you... so no not really well my my father would have been a farmer years ago and they would have had a few sucklers and and they would have done fishing as well um, okay. and he yeah then I suppose my uncles then on my mother's side are all dairy so um we were up there nearly every week in Cork so um yeah I was the minute we arrived I was gone I was up gone. the yard that was it I was gone for the weekend yeah that was yeah. it feeding calves or mucking out stables or whatever um, and then we had my uncle, my other uncle down at home had some horses. So I was always down there as well. And we'd go off hunting or off to shows or gymkhanas or whatever. So there was always animals 
on the scene all right mm. yeah and do you still ride do you still you know is that something that um still- i'm on a sabbatical from it <laughs> yeah you should join our polo club up in watergrass hill <laughs> i know i look i'm so jealous of it Hazel. oh well we're not it's not back up and running yet but hopefully in the new year we have a lovely arena and uh and I was just about being able to like hit the ball at a slow trot. So, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll you know, but it's, it's, it is a nice way, especially if you're kind of, you know, raised around horses. It's a nice way of just kind of dipping your toe in the, in the water. Mm-hmm. Per se. But, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, we used to do an awful lot of, of hunting. We're really heavily involved down there. And then um, I suppose college happened and I was working as well. Yeah. And, just things fall by the wayside and you don't really realize um like it's been however many months and then yeah it's it's I miss it I do miss it tell us more about kind of going off to Budapest and how you know how that changed like and you're you I didn't realize you were a postgrad um um vet as well and and tell us more about kind of your transition from science student to Budapest to vet student um um, so I would have wanted to do veterinary always, really, and um, I just didn't get the points. So um, I went to UCC and did my degree um, in physiology. And then with the, with the, I suppose, hope to get into veterinary in UCD at some point. Um, and then they brought in the postgrad entry to UCD. But um, I think Dara spoke about before, there's five entrants every year from um, postgrad um, and I wasn't lucky enough to get in. So um, it was actually one of the vets I work with now, actually, his wife is a guidance counsellor and put me onto the um, Budapest route. Um, So, yeah, just applied. Um, I got exemptions then because I'd done a lot of science before. Um, So I did what's called a two-in-one which means you basically you get a certain amount of exemptions and you study first and second year at the same time so the very first day of vet college I was going into second year anatomy classes and I had no idea what was going on Mm -hmm. Um, and at the same time then you're trying to schedule in your first year classes so you kind of fast track a year Um, and it was yeah it was really tough like you know um so there was there was a few of us did that and there was a lot of our students over there so you kind of settled in straight away and it really helped because um the other people who were doing the the two-in-one with me um were really good bunch of friends were still really close so there was about six of us and um yeah we just kind of helped each other along and dragged each other through it (laughs) um so yeah budapest was it was great was good um it's a fantastic fantastic city like but um you're over there and I suppose you miss home the whole time and you know it's you'd be you'd be longing for it but at the same time it's if you're in college in wherever I know you were in Nottingham Hazel or you know in Cork or whatever you know it's just like you're not coming home for weekends that's Mm. kind of what it's like really and I suppose having had the experience college the first time you kind of have it out of your system, but as well, um, you can kind of compare it to Irish university and it's totally different. Mm. Um, you know, better, it's better or worse or just 
Um, I, I would say that, like, I was living with a girl who was just after coming straight out of leaving cert. And it's like, it's massive. You're uprooting your whole life. You're moving to a different country. They don't speak your language. Um, And, you know, you have to kind of navigate the whole stresses of college, like of, of having to learn by yourself, which I think in, well, I I know certainly from UCC, they kind of, in a way, they hold your hand a bit a certain amount of the time. Um, Whereas when you're over there, you know, it's everyone for themselves, you know, sink or swim now, it's up to you. And I suppose as well, like if you're, if you're at home, you're close to home, you can come home if you're having a rough time. Um, you can raid the fridge, you know, um, these kind of things. Like it's, it's, it's very tough if you're going straight over. Um, and as well then I suppose like, um, we did all of our lectures through English and some of them, English wasn't fantastic, but, um, you kind of, you kind of get on with it. Um, but it's all of your exams then are through our orals. So you, you've won a, a few MCQs during the year, but every exam it's semesterized. So every exam Christmas and during the summer are orals. So, you know, I, it was good and bad in a way. It's a totally new way of learning, you know, trying to get into the, the mindset of how, what do they want me to answer? You know, am I doing, going the right direction? And if you have someone sound, they'll kind of guide you if they mm-hmm. can see that you're kind of going off on a tangent. But um, yeah, like it was, it was, it is tough over there. Um, and anyone who, who does veterinary over there will say that. It kind of gives you a, I suppose, a, what would you say, maybe a fire to work a bit yeah. when you come okay. back. Um, I definitely feel that from knowing a few Budapest graduates, there's definitely a fire in their bellies to get going. And, you know, and I think as well, like you graduate in February, don't you? Which is like, I find that, um, yeah, like you're straight out into the middle of spring when you're looking for your job, which is so scary as a new grad. And I do, I do feel for kind of, you know, graduating at that time when you want to do large or you want to do mixed, it's a real baptism of fire, isn't it? You know, did you get a job in spring when you first graduated? No. So, um, just with family circumstances, the way it worked out actually was perfect in hindsight. Um, I came home in March and a lot of my friends had, had jobs organized before we graduated. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to do six months placement before you graduate. So, um, we would have come home a lot. A lot of us came home and did placement back here, especially for large animal, um, because over in Europe, it's totally different um, set up with large animal over there. It's, it's very much industrialized. Um, so it's factory run farms and things like that. Whereas, you know, they have no family run farms, more or less, like broadly speaking. Yeah. Um, so we would come home and like a lot of the lads who, who saw practice during that six months would have maybe gotten a job out of it or gotten a lead of a job. Um, so, um, I took a few months off, um, and then, yeah, I got a job kind of then afterwards and where I started, I suppose, um, it was, there was a, a lot of small animal branches and then there was a bit of large animal as well. So, um, 
they were great. Like they're all the the assistants or the other vets that were with me were kind of my age. Um, some of them I knew from college before, which was, you know, bizarre, but it, as you know yourselves, like the veteran community is really small. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> then, um, yeah, they were like, they were just priceless to have on board because you kind of, en- we ended up kind of helping each other. Like they were graduated before me. So they just give me guidance or whatever. And yeah. then as time went on, if we were on call or we we're having a rough time or needed a hand with anything, we just give each other a shout or we'd be living with each other. So it was, it was great in that respect, like where I worked first. Um, we we're like just, yeah, it was great bunch. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, and sometimes I don't know now, do you find it, but like you wouldn't be comfortable maybe saying to your boss or going, I have no idea what they're talking about, you know, whereas, <laughs> The lads, like the girls who who had been in Budapest before, kind of like, no, do you know it's it's this, or we say it like this. Like one of my bosses used to just take the absolute Mickey out of me the whole time, how I pronounce things. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and subsequently his son went on to study in Budapest. So, um, oh. jokes on him, really. Jokes on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that because you, um, you pronounce the drug differently isn't it like you come back and you have to kind of learn a whole new vocab um yeah but, yeah yeah so um, but yeah yeah it's um I suppose that's probably the most important thing is to find a place that suits you and like I, I know friends of mine and stuff they were kind of landed in it when they graduated in spring and mm. it um yeah like it, it's tough like if you don't have that kind of support when you're starting off yeah yeah being on like being on call straight away in spring and without a couple of months lead up is you know you really do need to be second on call with someone else it's you know it's it's not really um for a new grad it wouldn't be ideal so that'd be definitely one thing for maybe future budapest and and warsaw and any other kind of university graduating at that time of year i think that's really important um, but yeah, it sounds like a great crack in your first job. So that sounds, yeah, there were good yeah. parties and stuff. I'd say, was there? It was a few, a few, yeah, memorable <laughs> nights. <so. laughs> um, and she's keeping all that well under memorable. There now. <laughs> um, yeah, one of one of the most one of the most um, kind of memorable times there was just actually it was the snow in twenty eighteen. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I. Storm Emma. I don't know how it, it happens, but um. Pardon? Storm Emma. Was that the, no? No. Can't remember mm. what it was called. Yeah, but it was the death I snow. Anyway, I can't remember yeah, her name. Bad. Yeah. Well, I tend to have a knack of being on for any storm or major <laughs> meteorological event because I have got <laughs> Ophelia as well. I was on call that them, them days as well. But um, lovely storm. Yeah, it was it was my last weekend because I had time off come coming up and it was my last weekend on call. And myself and my housemate were actually on that weekend um, separately. But um, another one of the girls got snowed out of her house. So she was staying with us as well. Okay. And we had we had this like ancient Jeep to get around in because it was the only Jeep that we could find that had four wheel drive that was available to us at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, 
it was just the it was the most hilarious weekend because we were between trying to navigate the roads to to get to calls mm. and it was just so big and one of the nights I got called out to calving and the two girls were at home they just said look we'll come with you you know we've nothing else to do um mm. bored bored off their minds because of the snow they couldn't go anywhere so they came with me and thank god they did because the three of us ended up having to try and calf this breech breech cow or breech calf like it was just so horrendous but we got it out and on the way back we were saying the girl said look can we stop off in the pub just for just for a hot one like we're absolutely frozen and I said that's fair enough like he gave me a dig out so we pulled into this tiny little pub and the farmer who we have the cow for came in and started <laughs> buying the girls drinks and oh, here's no. me like I was still on call and we were oh. in our absolute like active wear now Hazel active and um <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it was we had to go on anyway and calf two other cows along route so it was just it was the most hilarious oh with like, the two girls the two girls in the back oh, of the lads. <laughs> and they were Much they were the fairly disappointment now having to they leave were the fairly magalore now well actually i i came back to the house dropped them in and um one of them was staying with me in my room and i got a call then for a section and she was just like no you go <laughs> <laughs> no longer bored but, um, yeah, yeah, I've had there. oh Catherine that sounds really busy and oh I remember I got a call I think I was on I don't know oh one night of it or something and I remember I just had to ring I had I drive a I dr- drove a caddy van at the time sure that wasn't going anywhere yeah. And I just had yeah, to ring. We did. We did as well. We did as yeah. well. Yeah, we all I had. Caddies, so I had to ring my boss. And I was like, "There's a, there's a call. I, I can't get to it. <laughs> it was. I was like, I don't know what to do. And then the farmer. It was only about maybe five miles away. So I was like, "Look, can you get over here with the tractor and collect me, and then we can go and do the call?" But then he was like, "No, like the hill and like where I live is really hilly and like just rent." He was like. She said, I don't think I'll go to get to you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, and honestly, we, we, were, we were just both like, and anyway, Richard, uh, my boss got there and he apparently it was a really difficult section. So thank you, Richard. Um, but yeah, like, what do you, it, it, the weather, like, we just didn't have, like, I, if I had my Range Rover, I'm sure I would have got there. But I, I don't, I don't get one with the business. So, you know. Well, I got stuck in that stove storm traveling from Manchester to Dublin. And it took three days and it was an episode of planes, trains and automobiles. And I got stuck <laughs> on the plane. I got stuck on the plane on the runway in Manchester airport for about six hours because the plane has broken down and the airport was now closed and there was physically nobody there to get us off the plane. And then they got us off the plane and we were stuck on the runway in a bus in the snow. I ended up with oh. chill blades all down my legs. Then I, I couldn't even fly to Dublin. So I had to fly to Belfast, which is not even where I wanted to be. And then I managed to get the last train out of Belfast. No sleep. It was literally like an episode of planes, trains and automobiles. And I was just like on the train from Belfast with some, with Leah Nereida, the MEP of all people wow. chatting away. And my sister rang me and she was like, what are you going to do when you get to Dublin? Like everything is closed and your car's in the airport. And I was just crying. I was like, if you can't be helpful, don't ring me. Don't so I would have calved 10 cows over that expedition. <laughs> oh, it sounds horrific. Our first, our first um, year in Budapest, 
So I used to come home at um, Halloween sometimes. I'd definitely be home for Christmas and then Easter. And we, we got a break between because we did exams. So some small few would be just before Christmas and the rest would be in January. And then if you finished your exams on time, you had about two weeks maybe to play with. Maybe three if you were lucky. So I used to come home then. But the first year I was there, I think it was, if I don't think I came home that Halloween. So it would have been the first time I was home since going over to Budapest. Okay. And it was the snow of 2010. And... Um, we were in the airport and it must have been there. There was probably about 50 of us Irish students trying to fly back between all the different years and the flights were cancelled because Dublin runway closed down. So um, we're there. Everyone's there like on phones, on iPads, trying to get flights. There was no one answering. We're like, no, we can't. Like our first Christmas, I have to get home. It's such a big deal. Um, so we ended up like someone went down to the local Tesco and got a few slabs of beer and we ended up having a sit-in in the airport all night. They couldn't like they were trying to kick us out. And we're like, we can't go anywhere. So we ended up a good few of us got flights home the next day, but we'd fly to London and try and queue in London on the day before Christmas. No, it was Christmas Eve. It was Christmas Eve oh, queue in London airport. So one of the girls got her boyfriend to pick us up from one airport to drive us across the city to another airport. And we sat in a queue until they let us on a plane. And I was like, I don't care where you bring me as long as it's on Irish Island. I'll go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Ireland. Anywhere in Ireland. Yeah. So like there was people flying from flying to Scotland and getting getting just oh it was manic you know so manic. I feel your pain Michelle and then <laughs> I'll never let that one miracle. down I arrived home yeah I arrived my my sister's at that point boyfriend came collecting me in Cork and it was just like it was like the den save Christmas I got home <laughs> Christmas, you know <laughs> happy days oh you've amazing <laughs> stories though isn't it like all these like catastrophic events in life but it you know it yeah, makes I up feel, the I feel story. Their character building at some character point building. Okay, Michelle, yeah. you're just chalk it down to life that's what my old boss don collins chalk used to say thing. i used to call him dr don and things would be going really wrong like in my life and i was so young when i worked in his practice and something would be going on and i'd be like really upset about that and he'd be like look just I think I was in court one time for like not paying a fine and like that was the end of the world for me because I've never been in trouble in my life and to him he was like cop on and he was like just chalk it up to life Do you know character building and I was like chalk it down yeah gonna arrest me he was like you didn't pay a <laughs> fine nobody cares about that get a real problem <laughs> I think and I know but everything everything is a major problem at the time when especially you're when you're tired as well and and it's Christmas and <laughs> yeah yeah it's not oh I've cried numerous times at airports and I've you know I've never missed a flight but there's been very 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 close calls and tears and yeah. stress and yeah you kind of get used to the whole flying thing when you're studying abroad and you just become so au fait with airports and then you kind of get a bit blasé and think you can kind of push the time a little bit and then <laughs> it doesn't work out so <laughs> Um, but I think you know I, I think we've talked about a lot of funny things but what's your funniest ever call Catherine that you can think of or remember 
I don't know, really. I suppose the 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 calvings in the snow was fairly yeah. that was fairly hilarious. Just yeah, that was that was one of the one of the top ones there now. Um, yeah, I think that's hard nothing's to beat. funny at the time. That's what I find. Nothing you can't yeah, you can't <laughs> laugh at the time. Yeah, yeah. It's always afterwards when you, when when things have simmered down that you can look back and go, oh my god, what just went on there? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're like, did yeah, that actually I, happen or did I imagine it? Did that actually, yeah. Um, I just like just bizarre things that happen on yards. Like I remember going out to calve a cow one day and it was on a stockler yard. And um, this poor man, like he was, he was young enough, but his father was just older than the hills and he was deaf and he kept on getting in the way, but the cow was just absolutely bonkers now she was just bananas and she kept on charging the gate and we couldn't even get in the pen with her but the father kept on trying to open the gate to go in and we're there just going (laughs) just shouting at him trying to you know trying to get him out of harm's way you know just you look at things that happen and you're going how 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 am i here (laughs) how did my life bring me here um but and, yeah, just. And do you find, um, you know, I suppose, female vet to female vet, like, do you find any, you know, funny comments sometimes um, as a large animal female vet? I think, like, I would say that it's very, very rare. And I think we're, we're, we're just vets now rather than female vets. Um, but you'd you still know, have the odd, you'd yeah. still have the odd few going, aren't you great now? Aren't you great? What's your at? Aren't you? Um, but I see some of the like some of the farming girls on Instagram would, would say that as well. You know, they, hmm. you know, while while most people just kind of go, you know, you're you're a vet or you're a farmer or you're you're a nurse or whatever you are. You know, it's not like we have a male nurse working with us, um, and a lot of the time he's still mistaken for for a vet because mm-hmm. he's a boy. You know, um, but. Yeah, you'd get the odd comment like, you know, why did you, you know, it's very physical now. And I suppose, yeah, they're right. It is physical. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's people are much more um, accepting, maybe. Yeah. Now. Um, but yeah, you'll still have a few going, I think, you know, I think female vets are great. <laughs> and at the root of it, you're kind of going, do you? Yeah, I I find um I get the odd one um oh, and are you gonna start? Are you gonna do the section on your own, or is there somebody gonna come and help you? And I'm like, no, it's just me and you. Let's get yeah. cracking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they and I I don't think there's any malice in it. It's just that like the physicality, and they're just not. They mightn't have seen a female vet do a section before, or they might you know they might know that that we've done hundreds. Uh, so it's and like look there's always things that I find that that yeah we are like do need help and I'll call for help if I need it and I'll have I'll have male colleagues call me for help as well so you know it works two ways yeah and like I think as well the way everything is going like farming everything like why not make your life easier why not have an extra person there if you need them or a hoist or you know why should you be breaking your back trying to lift feet with ropes? Yeah. And, you know, that goes in every aspect. So 
you know, physicality, you need to mind yourself. And like I do, I do think there's a lot more farmers on board with that now. And like I was chatting to one guy the other day and he was telling me how he's, you know, he has his um, physio lined up every, he goes to him every two weeks and Pretty even good. outside of calving and things like that. Um, you know, the importance of looking after yourself is um, much more, you know, I think people are paying more responsibility to it now. Yeah. People are more self-aware, I think. And like, I, mm-hmm. I have my physio every three weeks and I have chiropractor every two weeks. And like, I know like I should be doing, I used to be in the gym a lot and I think that I need to get back there and I need to start getting my strength back up again and doing more Pilates and, and things like that. And I know that and I identify that. Um, but you know, it's good to check in and, and it's good to kind of, you know, I didn't go to physio for years and it's, it's coming kind of bit me now a little bit because I did ignore the niggles and you know it is a physical job like I don't know do you how are your shoulders and back and all you know yeah like I would be the same I would have I would have done a lot of a lot of weights and um that was like my my thing was like I loved I loved weight work in the gym Mm. and stuff like that um and yoga and I did find actually because I was doing a lot of yoga there the last two years and that really helped with my my mobility um but yeah that kind of all went by the wayside during lockdown even though it should probably be the other way um but yeah like i would i i would find the same like i would need to i i seriously need to start building back up my my um my strength not just for you know just just to look after yourself um yeah but like, yeah, I mean, even if it's just, I actually find sometimes in the small animal when I'm in there a lot, it's just the, the bending over, like if you're doing a lot of surgeries, yeah. um, my back would be just in ribbons after it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's purely stance, like, you know, it's. I think we really do as, as large animal vets, I think we do need to eat well, ex, you know, take care of ourselves, have ourselves in the best especially for spring like I I think you know just to you know prepare yourself and I think um that's always a tip I give to new grads is is get in the gym if you can and get strong and and you know eat well and don't be skipping lunches and dinners and you know and and, yeah and like that's something that that's something that you can so easily do because the office will ring and say there's another call there and you're going right I'll get that one before I go on my lunch and then suddenly it's four o'clock and you haven't eaten since eight or seven or maybe earlier if you've been on the night before like you could have had an early call um so yeah like a vet I used to see practice with used to always say make sure your fruit inside in the car where I take that totally literally like I basically have a basket of fruit that probably goes off in the car once a week like um but um yeah just to make sure like that you you have something that you're you know it can be very they can be very long days um and especially when you're you not know, when you're, you're sleep deprived to... in the spring as well do you know like if you're up late or if you're on call a lot and if you're going to be sleep deprived like your body doesn't get the chance to recover like it would yeah normally yeah, so i, I guess it's even more like, important you're kind of running on adrenaline all the spring and the anticipation of it starting and then mm. on call um just long days and then you know you kind of just you go on autopilot until maybe 
I don't know, our spring kind of goes on for a long time here. It starts quite early. It starts in, starts in January, really. And then it goes on until maybe the bones of May, you know. So it's, it's a long old slog and you're running on autopilot. And then suddenly, wham, you get hit with just when you stop, like you get so run down. Um, so it really is like I, I used to try and get away before spring. So either between Christmas and New Year's or in January, just for a week, just totally switch off. Um, and then, you know, you've something to look forward to before it all kicks in because there's no way, there's no way you're getting away during it. Like, Yeah. So what are your plans for this year then? If you're, are you going to try and get, do a staycation or what's your plans for switching off with the COVID? Um, well, there's none really because we had so many weddings that we were meant to be going to this year that they all got postponed. So I'll be hoarding my days for next year. Um, but no, I think just I'm taking a week off now before Christmas and just going to totally switch off. And I think that as well, like I used to, I'm very bad when I go home, I'll start thinking about, oh, I haven't rung that person or I meant to get results for him or, you know, I, I do that an awful lot. Um, and something I've been trying to learn in the last, you know, few few years is to totally switch off and you go home because you can't work the whole time. You can't be on the whole time, and you just need to. You need your own your own space. Like you need to just live your own life as well. Work work shouldn't um, work shouldn't monopolize your time really. You know. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it is hard. It is hard to totally uh i i definitely feel like i try to get all those bits kind of done like maybe ringing i have a lot of farmers numbers saved to my phone i try to do all that kind of ringing stuff when i'm driving and i've tried to make the use of my driving time a lot more i don't know do you do that Catherine? i used to waste so much time listening to radio and like yeah like sometimes I do listen to radio like I I did today and sometimes I just don't want to hear anything else or I don't want to talk to people or you know but I definitely feel like there's a lot of time between like I don't know I could drive 40 minutes between calls and so you know I I, that's one thing that I'm started doing that's helping yeah Mm. yeah and like if I'm I'd be the same I'd have a lot of farmers numbers saved and like I find they're really good um people are really good like they won't abuse your number or anything like that that you know if they're in a right pickle they'll they'll contact you but um i might think oh i never rang him about his test tomorrow or just remind him of this and you know a text here and there just goes a long way like and it it just saves you the phone call as well and um you know it's it's very handy it's great but um yeah i i would i'd ring i'd ring a few people now but then I kind of like to switch off as well mm. when I'm going between firms. Yeah. Just like today now. Put on a podcast or put yeah. on your music and just just totally switch off. Yeah. Um I think it's important, you know, like some days I'm like, right, I really want to learn about something. And then other <laughs> days I'm like, I just want to listen to Dermot and Dave about bad dad jokes. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there's very different. But I think podcasts are great as well. I mean, not talking about this podcast. But like, <laughs> They're great. I forgot we were Please on subscribe. a podcast right now. <laughs> um, but like, I listen to a lot of crime podcasts. I'm one of those people. But sometimes you, if you have a long drive or whatever, it's great because it just, it totally, you switch off. I get so engrossed in the story. I'm like, 
oh god what happens next you know and i think that's kind of a nice mm-hmm. bit of escapism i know it's real life crime so it's not maybe that light but it is it does completely take my mind if I'm yeah i got work. i got hooked on, um i got hooked on west cork there last year on the um oh, yeah. audible did you listen to that one no what's it called west cork west cork oh michelle michelle you'll be you'll be hooked what did it look like? It's about Ian Bailey and everything, is it? Or in, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, googling that one um, right now. Tuscan. Yeah, it's it's very good. I was listening to it last year, and you kind of you're driving down a country road in the night time with it on, and you kind of start getting a bit freaked out. But oh, it's brilliant! Yeah, um, oh, yeah. Yes. I'd listen to a bit of them, and um, I can't even remember what other ones I listened to. But do you listen to any kind good, of yeah. wellness ones, or kind of you know? Um, yeah, I, I listened to Pat Dibley a bit, mm. and um, what's that girl's name? He's one of my faves, Georgie Crawford. Oh yeah, the Good Glow. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen to her. Do you ever hear listen to um, Darren's Laughs of Your Life? I like that one as well. It's quite um, it's no a bit of a yeah. I think it's. I uh, listen to other one. I listen to other ones, but I'll I'll tell you off off um, off air. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Um, I suppose you better tell us about like what your area of interest is like what's your a veterinary um, what's your main area of interest would it be like um, surgery or calf health or a bit of everything really because um, dairy down here like that's the main difference that I found when I moved down was I was just plunged into dairy dairy everywhere and people run things really well down here you know when I was up the country not to slate you know Midlands farmers um but they weren't you know it just wasn't dairy orientated Mm -hmm. and down here you know they have their vaccine protocols in place they have you know they're they're quite forward thinking and their discussion groups and things like that yeah so I suppose you know that would be my my main area is yeah I suppose I do I do a good bit of calf as well, yeah, calf health. Um, but a bit of everything really. I do miss my small animal as well to a certain extent. Um, but it's it's hard to juggle everything. Yeah. And would you class yourself when you say would you class yourself as a mixed vet or would you say that you're more of a large animal vet? Or um I would say mixed, mixed but yeah. I'm not in the small animal clinic as as often that often unless it's the summertime and then you know then I'm kind of a small vet all the time that time you know so um it's just hard to stay to keep it all the balls in the air once you know um you know staying up to date with cases and then if people are used to coming in and seeing one person all the time you know they kind of they trust that person and they want to see them again so you're kind of you're kind of trying to navigate all that as well. Um, and yeah, I would have said I'd like to have done maybe 50-50, but um, the more large I do, the more, you know, you kind of get into the groove and you get comfortable. So yeah. Um, yeah. You it's know, a lifestyle it's, as well, isn't um, it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm. You know, and you, you're not, you're, you're kind of on your own and you have your own, you know, you have your things to go to, but you know, you can like stop and get lunch and, and move on or, or, you know, post a letter in the post box or, you know, like you're not stuck, you know, inside. And I think that you get used to that life 
I, I get used to it anyway. And, you know, I, when I'm stuck inside all day, if I do on Wednesdays now, I might be into lunchtime doing smalls. Um, and I just come out and I'm like, I've missed the entire day. And it's, <laughs> the sun is shining. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it is a life. I think it's a lifestyle um, more so than. But and I, do you enjoy small animal, Hazel? Um, I, I don't think I enjoy it anymore. No, because I, I love puppies and I like meeting people and I like, you know, doing the very, very simple things. But I... I don't, I think cause I'm, I'm not, I'm literally put into it for two hours a week and I just, I'm one of these people that likes to be probably up to date and good at what I do. And I sometimes yeah. feel, yeah. And like the girl, like in fairness, my clinics are like, and I'm, you know, give me a, an ear or a, or a, you know, a vomiting dog or anything like that. I can, I, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm up to date with that kind of stuff, but anything then I'll refer it on to the, the other vets and the, and you know, I'll, yeah like it's know. hard I'd find that as well like I mean Wednesdays every few weeks I'll have a full day mm. and you know you, you get a patient in and it's hard to work them up then because you know you, you might be on doing testing the next day or yeah I don't know there might be something scheduled for you to do so you're gone then you know and you're just you can't it, it's very hard to kind of involve yourself and then drop it yeah you know but um, that's the that's the hardest part of kind of trying to do both, and yeah. like a lot of a lot of our clients down here kind of understand, um, and you know we've lovely small animal clients as well, but um, yeah, it's 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 hard. Like, and it's I'd, I I'm like you, like I'd like to be say if you get a complicated case, you want to be able to work it up and you want to be able to see through, but just near impossible. Like it is, yeah. And I have a lot of admiration for mixed vets because, you know, you're just, everything is going on. Because you could see a horse in the morning, uh, you know, have a clinic in the lunch, at lunchtime and then be on call for large, you know, do a section at nighttime. And, you know, I think, you know, in college, in like, well, in my college in Nottingham, we were always encouraged to be a specialist or have one area one. of interest. Mm. And like, when I said to my, when I said to my, and like, really Wales and Ireland was kind of the only places where you could do mixed veterinary um, within the UK and, you know, and Ireland. And I remember one of my lecturers saying to me, a mixed vet, why do you want to be a mixed vet? And I was like, well, I love everything. And, you know, I want to try it all. And I want to do, and like, you know, she just could, she was such an academic. She couldn't understand why you would want to do it. And, and in fairness, like I went and I was the mixed vet for, I'd say my first six, my first five years um, of, of being a vet, but yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a tough lifestyle to be a mixed vet, I think. Yeah. Um, there's, a, I remember speaking to a girl who's actually, she's, she was over vets now. She still is, I think. Um, but I remember her saying before I graduated, I chatted to her cause I said, I just really don't know. Because the same way, before you graduate, everyone's kind of like, what are you going to do? What are you going to specialize in? Are you going to do smalls? Are you going to do equine? And like, I, I, while I like horses, equine was never really going to be the one for me. Like, um, but she, I remember her saying to me, don't pigeonhole yourself, especially the first few years, 
um, try everything. You know, if you want, if you want to do small animal for six months, do it. If you want to try equine, do it. You know, you don't need to commit yourself to one thing straight away. Um, and she said to me as well, like she do a lot of hiring for emergency vets. And she said one thing that she would find is that um, if she's hiring a vet, she'd be more inclined to hire someone um, who has had mixed animal experience or large animal experience because they've been in that situation where you're in a shed at three o'clock in the morning with just you and the farmer and you need to sort out the problem now, you know. And she said, you know, that's that's a unique thing for large animal is that Mm -hmm. you have to you have to have confidence in yourself and rely on your abilities. Think on your feet Um, and just yeah. Yeah. And like I know friends of mine who've who've done a few years in practice and then gone back and did the hardest thing and gone back and did internships and things, which is very hard step to take, but you know, ultimately paid off dividends for them. So like everyone has a different journey. Um, everyone. And that's what we are about vet space. Like that's why we do these podcasts. Cause we want to talk to every type of vet that's had every type of journey. And, you know, you know, I, I think that's just it. Like your journey is so unique to you. Mine is unique. Michelle's journey in her vet nursing and now business management career is unique. Um, yeah. So- and like no one, no one says that you have to stay in one particular thing forever or if you leave it that you can't go back to it at some point yeah you know it's you have to be able to suit your own life as well um you know something might be going on or you might just want to change um you know you just you don't have to gone are the days where you get one job and you stay in it for the rest of your life you know yeah that's a really Um, wise thing to say actually because we often try and allude to that here as well at Fit Space that like it's good for people to hear you say and people like you say that, you know, try it all. Maybe it doesn't work for you in the beginning. And we had Dara on a while ago and he went and worked with HPRA for a couple of years and then went back to practice that like you work so hard to get to be a vet that it doesn't if you if you yeah. hate it in the beginning, it doesn't mean that you can't go off and try other things and come back to it. Like it's not that's not the end of your life as it were yeah and I suppose as well like there was so many people kind of invested in me being in college doing veterinary like not even financially speaking but like you know my whole family they were like oh this is fantastic or you know we're so proud and you don't you feel like you don't want to let anyone down and you know they'd still go oh I think you're you're you know I think you're great not to be sounding now like you know we're fantastic yeah. all the time but you know they just I suppose they admire the amount of hours we put in and like un- until you work in the veterinary area like until like you work in a clinic or you don't realize or you live with someone who works in it you don't realize the pressure that's put on you or the hours or even taking work home like mm. you're thinking of did I tie that ligature off right you know is that cow going you you've constantly or like is that dog okay will it lick its wound you know you've something constantly going on in your head um yeah that you know everyone is kind of rooting for you but at the same time it's very hard to turn around and go well actually 
it's not suiting me anymore. You know, mm. it's, it is, it's very hard to say that. And, you know, but if it's a thing that you need to do, like I totally, like, I think it's whatever is right for you. Like, yeah. yeah the, the day you wake up and you're dreading going to work and it's not, you know, we all get the odd day, but if it's continuous, I think that's a real sign that, you know, it's not worth it. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, very lucky that I I look forward to going to work every day but who knows how long that'll last and I could everything could change and I'm very aware of that um, and I'm very lucky to have a career that you can go into different fields and different things and yeah yes. so we're so many opportunities yeah and I think you've showcased that a lot I think Hazel in the last year or two years you know you're branching out and doing different things or being spokesperson for for different things and it's great to see because you know it just it shows that there's there's different sides to veterinary you know you don't have to be that one person you don't have to put yourself into a box yeah and I think Instagram is like I know you're on Instagram as well Catherine and that's how we became buddies um but like I follow vets now that that are in all aspects of veterinary on Instagram Mm. and I see what they do and I see the different cases and you know it's fascinating and it's a great it's a great platform to show the different variations in 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 the job and it's uh, you know there's nurses on there there's exotic vets small animal vets consultants everything so it's, mm. it's a great and place to be. even just the farming side as well like it's there's such good farming accounts there and especially yeah. the not um especially the girls but the girls are great and they've their head screwed on they know what they're at and like they teach me things every day on it as well yeah. you know it's it's great to see um yeah. that that is a massive positive of instagram like i don't put a lot up um i'd be quite conscious of things i am putting up um just for privacy issues for clients and i suppose just how much i share is a, is a big thing um but you know, learning, you, you just learn so much on it, like, or, or bouncing ideas off people, you know, there's, I could email you and see what you think of a certain case, or, you know, ask Jared that, or, you know, it's, there's so many people with such knowledge on there, um, it's great, it's great. We're like community. a little tribe, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant, but, um, yeah, so, like, I think to kind of round up, Catherine, I think we've, had a really good like chat and conversation and I think we covered some really great points is there any kind of final life lesson that you want to maybe what's your biggest life lesson so far um in in Catherine's world um live to work or work to live which is the correct way of putting it Um, that work-life balance find the balance that's right for you um and you know don't there's a lot of pressure there to you know do the extra time in work or do an extra weekend or but you have to have that time for yourself and I think that's that's something that's really hit home in the last few years for me that you know you won't get that time back and no one's going to thank you anymore for doing it doing extra days or extra hours or whatever the case may be but just find the balance that you need. Excellent. Yeah, 
I totally agree. Words. Yeah, me too. And do whatever it takes to get that balance. Yeah. 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 Don't be, don't be like afraid. Me. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's quite hard, you know, to stand up to people and, you know, even to your boss and say, look, give me, you know, I need, I need this. I need time. But, um, yeah, it's a good point, Michelle. You need to stand up for yourself. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We're all learning that lesson. <laughs> I have colleagues that, you know, have asked for, you know, time off and, and, and things and, and they still have jobs and they are, you know, much better mm. for doing it. And I think it's a, it's a very good point to, if you need some extra time off or if you need some time out, go for it. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Um, and we got a quick fire round. We got the... Um, I was just writing them down here because I forgot to get them ready. So, okay, this is um, how professional we are on Bethsaids, <laughs> Ireland. I wouldn't expect anything less. Let, just let me have a quick look here. Uh, I have one for the end anyway. Do you have an ending one? I have an ending one. Right, I'll leave that one to you so and I'll do the other ones. Hang on now. Um, this is where we edit it out as well, you know. <laughs> oh, I won't be editing this bit. Um, okay. Right. I haven't got many, so I'm just going to go for it. Go hey, for it. Go. Catherine, are you ready for your quick fire round? Bordizzo or Bander? Bordizzo. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Jeep or van? Jeep. Surgery or, or consulting? Surgery. Whiskey or wine? Whiskey. Oh, wine. Both. Oh. <laughs> section or prolapse? Section. Section, section, section. 100%, okay. yeah. Go, Hazel, with your <laughs> own. Um, I'm going to go for Victoria Sponge or a scone. Victoria Sponge. And if you had to vote one person to be the president of Ireland, would you vote Chris Humphreys or Charles Chavas? <laughs> think about it wisely <laughs> i'm gonna say um chris okay <laughs> um he would he would 100 percent tell it like it is and I think Charles would probably say Chris as well, actually. Really? <laughs> I, I think that Charles would look very well inside an Oris Nuruktoran. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So on that note, <laughs> we will say goodnight and thank you so much, Catherine. We've had a ball and I hope that you've enjoyed it too. I have. Thanks, ladies. And happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Christmas to you too. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Fed Space Ireland podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to find out more, go to fedspaceireland.ie. And don't forget to check us out on social media and tag us whilst you're listening to the podcasts. We'd love to see it.